0: Welcome back episode 3 of Hedging Happiness, I'm joined by Luke Mishu. As always, Luke, how are we doing today?
1: We are doing the best I've done after any week so far since recording, if I'm being totally honest. How are, how are you doing is what I should be asking.
0: Yeah, I'm good. It's very early. It's week two. Um, we'll get into your successes and my failures, but glad that you brought that up at the top of the show. It's very... You know generous of you very humble and everything but uh great introduction i'm I'm glad that you just brought that up right away um yeah so good can can i i'll finish the introduction here i guess now that i you've tried to throw me off my game (laughs) you're scrambling right
1: now you're rattled
0: (laughs) well you know i would like to have at least a bit of an introduction before you (laughs) throw me under the rug already and talk about all your wins as I was saying, though, welcome back, everybody, to week three, episode three of Hedging Happiness. We have a pretty good episode ahead of us. We had a great week two of college football. A lot of upsets, pretty good football, slate of games going into this week three, which is not great. But yeah, I think we're in a good place. It's, you know, a lot of football left. It would be curious to see how the college football play playoff is kind of unfolding with some of these upsets but I guess now is the question now like how how are you doing now you know that's I wanted to really get through that intro
1: I after week two it's very much what's the overreaction and where can you capitalize and then week three it's still it was still crazy There were still so many games where you're like, okay, I don't want to touch it because I don't know if it was an overreaction or underreaction. But then something happens and and you're like, how do I form a trend line for this team? It still feels like you know, it still feels like you don't have a grasp on maybe half of the teams in the in the top ten or what what was the top ten, now maybe the top twenty five. People are still getting sorted out quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It's it was a, it was a really good week of football. Really good week of football. I'm gonna pivot because we're obviously gonna get into the college football here. I'm gonna pivot just a little bit and touch on what we talked about last week, and that's fantasy football. How was your first week of commissioning duties?
1: No complaints. Everything went very smooth. I got the first win. I guess there was one. There was one hiccup, which I assume you're referencing. In that, I and everyone else didn't notice that the interceptions were worth minus one on sleeper as a default instead of minus two, like everyone was used to on ESPN. Now, some people did notice, some people didn't, and you know, pro- probably my worst flub so far. My only flub as a commissioner, a big flub, but like a big, big flub. But like any good commissioner, I. I owned it, I, I said, "If we guys, if this is so egregious that you want to oust me right now, let's do it. And we got total crickets, which means A, it's not a big deal, and B, peep the positives way out, outweigh the negatives. So, yes, was I unhappy with my myself? Of course, but everyone is still happy enough uh, versus the alternative, which is what I'm trying to, which is not necessarily the bar I'm trying to beat. But it is the uh, the bar I need to beat to maintain my commissioner status.
0: Yeah, and it was it was a little sad your text message to the group. I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna try to pull it up here. If you want to filibuster here for a little bit, feel free. In terms of my you know fantasy week, I put up I think maybe third most points by like point two, if second place. And Jerry Jerry Judy goes off on Monday Night Football. Not not the start you want, but you know. Let me
1: provide some context for the text before you read it off. Like I, like I hinted at before, this league is is totally inept, left to their own devices. I am the only thing that keeps it afloat. And it's not even close. So I, I was getting tired a little bit of the BS. And realistically, this should have Get been an easy vote. For sure. And I am. But realistically, this should have been an easy vote. What I try and do is I say, look, if we're going to make scoring changes or any changes that affect scoring post-draft, it needs a 100% approval from every single commissioner because you don't know people's draft strategies. Of course, in this league, we can't get that. So I hear, you know, I jump in the shower, I come out, and I think there are like 30 texts about this is BS league. I want out. I want my money back, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll give these guys an option and it'll be a referendum either they're going to vote me out and it's over or they're not going to vote me out and we're going from 10% dictatorship 90% democracy to 100 90% dictatorship 10% democracy and that's where we are because honestly I don't even know if this league can get garner enough organization to put a to put a vote out there without me organizing it myself which I chose not to do go ahead and read the text though. that's the context
0: that's the context, and it's just such a sad, it's, I felt bad. I, you know, a lot of it is me just trying to poke the bear a little bit and ruffle some feathers, and, I, and then I get this text from Luke, and I genuinely, I did feel bad after reading this text. And this text says, I believe this is 100% a commissioner flub. In an effort to right the wrong, poor grammatical use, because you said, in an effort, comma, to right the wrong, period continue if we are able to get unanimous consent to make it minus two for interceptions i will step down as commissioner at the end of this season and gracefully ensure a smooth transition of power for the 2023 season period and i after that was it and i after that i i genuinely felt bad i was like this guy's hurting here we've we've pushed him to his limit it's been fun and i feel bad now because i feel like you're defeated
1: Yeah, if you feel bad, then you were manipulated exactly the right amount because I knew that this this puts an end to any of the bitch, to all of the bitching, any of the real bitching anyway. People will always find something to complain about, but the I quit, I this, I that, it's not real. And that, and I didn't know if it was real, but that 100% proved it. So I wasn't. Did I think I, you guys were gonna vote me out? No, because I don't think you guys can put together a vote to do that. And I think that minus one on interceptions isn't a huge deal, even though you guys try and make it out to be. So, and, and I think people do see that the future of the league needs to be in my hands. Otherwise, it's gonna it's gonna be like it was for the last four years under you and Clacota.
0: Yeah, and I would say I think first time we've referenced it, Clocota and myself were in charge and I think it was probably one of the best run leagues while we were in college because we were all with each other and we had like the best jokes because we knew everything that was going on with each other's lives and we had time. We, you know, like I would write up these emails, these notes during class and give all the, you know, my fake score lines during accounting classes and all that and Credit to you, as you get older and as life goes on and you have other responsibilities, it's a lot harder to do a lot of that stuff. So, I will say, for my end, the last couple of years, I kind of got tired of it. And it's been and a good change. Just it's some, been some context
1: change. there. Some context there, too. You play professional soccer, and I believe you train for two hours a day max. Maybe if you give yourself, if you're generous, you put an hour on both ends for film, for cool regen cooling down whatever so to say that you ran out of time or you have other responsibilities is uh is a Uh, a stretch i think
0: it's a stretch but i would say the priorities switch a little bit from like fantasy football to uh, like relationships and all the other things and a lot of yeah i think that's what's different
1: i prioritize my friends and the league and and sustaining something for the future yeah whereas you're 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 wishy-washy on who's how important are your friends how important your other prayer you know it's just uh you know you could sacrifice some sleep maybe
0: yeah i could I, i do think a lot of the inside jokes are a lot harder to you know come by when you're not with everybody and that was kind of the backbone of the the commissioners so once that you know was few and far between it became a lot harder because that's kind of what the that's what the commissioners were all about is really good league notes and everyone was happy because they could read it once or twice a week and everything was good and once those like I said once those stopped becoming as frequent it was you know I I, I could see the writing on the wall and I I gracefully uh, <laughs> graciously stepped down as commissioner.
1: You did, and I think you voted for me too, so I it's uh, appreciated.
0: I did. I did. I can. While we're talking NFL, I know this is college football, but this is the beauty of kind of season two, and we're just we're you know shooting the shit a little bit more and talking whatever whatever we want at least for the intro part. I gotta talk about my Kansas City Chiefs. How good did it was? It was so satisfying. Mahomes just dealing, wheeling and dealing. All the critics were like, what's this new offense going to be without Tyreek? He just goes out there, 30 for 39, 365 touchdowns, gives a big middle finger to everybody and says, I don't need him. He needs me.
1: That's See, that's that's interesting. That's your takeaway, and I get it because you're a Chiefs fan. My takeaway is Kyler Murray probably didn't watch film, and they should have put kept that in his contract, right? I feel like that's like, that was... One of the bigger stories of the whole offseason was Kyler Murray's contract and does he watch film and does he does it need to be mandated four hours a week? And then he goes out and kind of lays an egg against the Chiefs and gets crushed. And, and now there, I feel like there's a dark cloud. I agree with you that the Chiefs look like vintage Chiefs before last year, but Kyler Murray, I feel like, still has that cloud over his head.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, but he doesn't play defense. agree. So, like... While all your points might be true, Mahomes still went out and did his thing. And he's spreading the ball around. I think him and Andy Reid are just such a, they're a match made in heaven. And it's so fun to watch. It's its awesome. You're a Dolphins fan, though. Let's... Ish, ish,
1: ish, ish. But they, they, yeah, like, it's tough to be a Dolphins fan when you live in Chicago or Tennessee. You know, it's it, it was who my dad cheered for growing up, but now none of us really cheer for him. But they did look good. I mean they beat the Patriots at home so it's a, a good start to the season at least.
0: Yeah, Delia's dad is a big Dolphins fan and they were why already, is he a Dolphins fan? He grew up in Florida. Oh, okay. So he's you know he's a Dolphins fan and always has been and it was kind of funny he was being you know ultra nice like he always is but when that Tyreek trade happened I was, you know, I was hurting. I was like, gosh, damn it, we just gave away Tyreek Hill. And I think he texted me. He's like, oh, wow, Dolphins gave up so much. The the Chiefs are going to be so good. They have so many draft And he's being 100% genuine. And I'm just like, ah, Rich, just let me sulk a little bit, you know. We just gave up the best, one of the best receivers in the league. And these draft picks, who knows what they're going to be. But it was promising. It was, we were on the golf course during, during the games, and we were both happy. Tyreek did fine in Miami. Chiefs did their thing, so it was a it was a good week one out here in Salt Lake for for the Dolphins and the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, a good a good week of NFL. I think it was the biggest thing for me that I liked. I like Saquon Barkley coming back. I think that was you. You have Saquon Barkley, is that right?
0: I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah,
1: he looked good, and I like him. I was glad. I I actually bet the Titans and they were crushing him and Saquon Barkley starts playing really well. But I like it for him. He's one of the one of the guys you it's easily likable in the NFL.
0: He's he's easy to root for because he came out, he's no controversy. He had that awesome year one. He gets hurt and then people just like write him off. And then now, you know, it's it's a very early sample size. We you know, one game, but I hope he does. Not only for fantasy, uh, that's probably more of the reason for me, I guess, because I have him, but I do hope he has a good year. And I could care less about the Giants, but they're they're <laughs> I don't dumb-
1: think anyone's worried about the Giants. Yeah, yeah. They're
0: they're a dumpster fire. Uh, they have been, but maybe they turn it around. But let's talk college football now. This is what this podcast is the foundation is on and let's get into that week 2 and kind of kind of a chaotic week two with how many, their three top 10 teams went down week one. Is that right? We had that would be
1: Texas sorry, week one.
0: Week Well, whatever it is. This past week we had Notre Dame losing, we had Texas A&M losing, and we had Baylor losing. So And then we had really good games in Texas-Bama and then Florida and Kentucky. Those are kind of like the five marquee games that were all really good games, well, in terms of what you're rooting for, right? The Florida Kentucky game was really good, the Texas Bama game was really good, BYU Baylor really good. And then you had Notre Dame and Texas A and M falling to teams the Sun Belt Conference.
1: What's your what's your takeaway from each of those games? So first, like what's your quick take on Texas Bama?
0: I I don't know. Like it's really hard to I had a former teammate of mine, Natum Onuha, Onuaha. Sorry if I'm butchering that, if you're listening, Natum. But he texted me saying, is Bama clutch or lucky? And I feel like they're clutch because of they've got the background, they've got the history to kind of back that up. It's not like it's a one-time thing. They have Saban, they're well-coached, they kind of create their own luck. But they, they, they probably should have lost that game. And they just, they couldn't get anything going. You were just waiting for them to be like, all right, when are they going to figure it out? And they didn't figure it out, like, at all. And I don't know. It's hard. I don't want to overreact and be like, all right, this Texas team's really, really good. And I don't want to overreact and be like, this Bama team is really, really mediocre compared to their standards. So I don't know. I think the next, like, it's it's kind of a cop-out answer. I don't really know. I think... The time will tell with this Bama team.
1: It it feels like the Bama of last year, where they're just gonna just piece it together. They'll probably drop a game, right? But then they'll piece it together all the way into the SEC championship, where they have to win, and then it'll all come together. And and one thing about this Bama team that Taylor mentioned to me is that it's a it's like a mishmash of transfers and and recruits. It's not. You know all the guys that Saban recruited. And so it's going to take... I think it's going to take time. I'm not ready to say it's Georgia and then the rest. I think as the season goes along, Bama will come into their own. And having the Heisman winner... I mean, that team was like... It was all Bryce Young the last two drives. And what's Jameer Gibbs, the running back, I don't even know who their wide receivers are. But as long as you have Bryce Young... You're gonna win. You should win games like that as long as you can keep them close. The question is, if they run into somebody that's able to get a two, you know, ten, fourteen, twenty point lead on them, then it's too much to overcome. But in tight games, I mean, you saw on that last drive when Bryce Young started moving the ball, and for some reason everything started opening up. You're just like, okay, well, Texas or Bama has the best player on the field. They're gonna win, and that's like how it went down. Even after making the field goal, because I don't even know what the equivalent of a two-minute drive is in NFL in college. Is it like a 40-second drive? That's kind of like what it feels like. Where, because of the first down, stop the play. Stop the clock. But, yeah, I I think this Bama team is going to go through some growing pains. But at the end of the year, it'll be, it'll be a very similar situation to last year.
0: Yeah, I can see that happening. Just a little tidbit that I was thinking of is... We kind of touched on it last week is under the new college football playoff expansion if bama loses that game it's really not that big of a deal like they could go through their schedule and lose one more game as long as they win the sec championship they would be in the playoffs still but the current format which is probably a pro of what we were talking about last week if they lose this game they have to win out and so like that's kind yeah. of like that's kind of like a prime example of depending where you fall on the the expansion of you know that these games mean a lot still for the next couple years whereas maybe in 2026 this game win or lose it doesn't really mean that much to them
1: what's funny too is when we talk about the game we don't talk about texas arriving we talk about bama dropping right there is no question from us anyway that texas is not back bama just played a stinky game or is stinky this year
0: i agree but we're and not i, I think if, i think if texas wins that game you can start the conversation like all right they're they're damn close to being back but since they lost now it's like okay we, we just don't know we need we need to see how the rest of the year goes before we give that distinction of texas is back
1: I, I just i don't know if i would say texas is back though at like second game of the year if texas beats bama in the college football playoff texas is back but if texas beats bama at home noon kickoff like it's a mishmash of bama like they're not the juggernaut yet i don't i just to, you would you would say so, they're
0: closer to being back though
1: yeah oh yeah for sure and since, sure. they,
0: since they lost by, you know, one point, it feels like, okay, well, we need to see what they do the rest of the year.
1: But this is, this is actually really funny. This is the same thing that happened when LSU, that LSU team, best team ever, played Texas. That game was really close. True. And it was like a Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, last second touchdown that, like, won it for them. And then True. Texas, like, sucked the rest of the year, you know. And I just wonder if that's what's, what could happen. I don't know. L- losses have a te- losses have a way of just demoralizing teams, you know.
0: Because under the new football, or excuse me, under the current football playoff, every game matters. Like every mm-hmm. game matters, and that's why like college football is what college football is, you know. Yep, totally agree. But yeah, so that was I mean that was a really weird game because we we thought I mean I was obviously on Bama and they like that had no chance they. If Texas, to put this into perspective, if Texas, excuse me, if Texas didn't score a single point, I still would not have won the bet.
1: They I know didn't,
0: they didn't even score enough points.
1: See, it's insane, and I, it they'll they will figure that part out. They have the Heisman quarterback, right? They'll figure that out. That's They've why I'm talent. not ready to write them off. Yeah,
0: and you can't write a Nick Saban team off. You just Agreed. can't. But let's go into a few other games: Notre Dame, Marshall, and then. Kind of the same boat, Texas A&M, A&M and App State. I'll talk about Notre Dame really quick, and
1: I would love for to hear your perspective here.
0: So obviously, like you can't lose to Marshall, you can't. And you, I was going into that game, I honestly thought Marshall was going to cover the spread, but I, I, I really did think Notre Dame would like they're they're going to win the game, right? They're, there's no way they lose that game. But I did think Marshall was going to cover the spread. And I wasn't that high on Notre Dame because of how they looked in week one. And that's strictly talking about their offense. Like, If you don't have an offense that can do anything, it doesn't matter who you play. You're going to struggle. And that showed up again in week two. And, you know, they made mistakes. They ended up losing as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. And, you know, I don't want to, like, you hear some people already calling for freeman's head and you know we can't do that you can't do that you can't do that yet but when you're at a program like notre dame you expect not to lose those games so i think it's fair like you have to criticize freeman like can the guy coach can he he surely he's really good in front of the camera he says all the right things he recruits with the best of them like can he coach though and I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains in this first year. I don't know how many games they'll win. Will they win seven games? Will they win eight? They certainly probably aren't going to win more than eight. They've got they've got not a terrible schedule, but they've got USC, Clemson, BYU left on their schedule. And those are really hard North games.
1: Carolina, who's going to score 40, 30, 40 points?
0: And that's the part where, like, you you have to hope that's kind of the get right game because Notre Dame or excuse me North Carolina's defense is not good. So is Notre Dame's defense good enough where they can contain North Carolina and at the same time score points on that bad defense? So I feel like that's going to be a game of like how really how bad is this offense? And then also their quarterback who's been horrible this year. He's out for the probably the rest of the year with a shoulder injury. So we'll see kind of how Drew Pine does coming in, and I don't know. Then I, I was talking to, I was telling Delia, she's like, telling, she's, I really hope, because I have two big football teams. It's Notre Dame and it's the Chiefs, and I get pretty worked up about both teams. And after the Notre Dame game, she's just like, gosh, I pray that the Chiefs are good this year, because it's going to be a long year if the Chiefs and Notre Dame stink. And I was like, you know what? The nice thing is, is like, I, I, my expectations for this Notre Dame team are not very high, and it's kind of like a good place to be mentally, because if you're not, if you don't have high expectations, then you don't get too worked up, and that's kind of where I am with this Notre Dame team right now.
1: I hope I do not have that mentality about Tennessee football, but my thoughts on the Notre Dame, right? One, Marcus Freeman has yet to win a game. He lost the bowl game. He lost Ohio State. He lost the Marshall. It's just like a weird dynamic that he hasn't won a game yet
0: first notre dame coach ever to lose its its first three games
1: two like you said let's count them they play the games that i think notre dame might not be favored in at north carolina against byu in vegas they should be favored against stanford but we'll see clemson at at notre dame and USC, that's five games. That could be a that could be very easily a seven loss season. And I don't think you can make a judgment on Marcus Freeman based on how this year goes, because who knows? What if Nerd what if they're just a quarterback away? I, I really don't know. But what can happen if you have seven losses or something like that? If you if does not make a bowl, that recruiting class that's I think fourth in the nation right now can very quickly slip away, and it becomes very quickly to recruit against. You can say, hey, Marcus Freeman, cool guy, says all the, like you said, says all the right things, can recruit, but look, he can't coach. Like, and that's, that's like the part that like just blows my mind. How did this guy get the job? Like, he has no head coaching experience, and this is Notre Dame. This, this is, plays out exactly like anyone who had concern about Marcus Freeman thought. Like, I, I, Notre Dame should never have to hire a non a coach with non-head coaching experience.
0: I agree. And I think the thought process, I believe, of hiring Freeman was the potential. Like Notre he, Dame
1: doesn't need potential, though. Notre Dame needs, like, can get somebody that can do it
0: today. Agree. And there were coaches that were there. Like, Luke Fickle is... is Was the other candidate that they could have got. But I think, I don't think they ever thought this was going to happen, right? I think their thought process was let's get a guy that can like go nine and three year one, and then he can continue to recruit his guys. And then in two, three, four years, they're going to be, they have the guys to compete with some of these SEC schools. Now that he's lost these games, that's where the questions start to come in of like, whoa. Did we hire the right guy? And it gets a little it gets a little tricky. I don't think they 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 don't fire him after year one. But like you no. said, let's say they go five and seven. Oh, He's
1: That's so bad.
0: He goes into year two with so much pressure. He has to do well year two. Early too.
1: And I don't know Notre Dame's roster, but do they have a quarterback like in the wings that like a freshman or I assume we would have seen him already. So a recruit maybe coming in, but like even that's a lot of pressure for a, a high school player. You know,
0: I mean the guy that they thought is gonna was was this Buckner guy who was a four like four slash he five looked star. So bad. Yeah, and what my brother was saying or what I said last week is he just does he like can't throw the ball and maybe his the shoulder thing, injury was bothering him, but like I, the other thing that
1: makes me nervous is. Like everyone's like, oh, you have Marcus Freeman, and they retained Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. Like Brian Kelly was a manager. Like he wasn't, you know. But now it looks like Brian Kelly was the th- was what held that offense together because Tommy Reese can't score. I mean, they scored ten points against Ohio State, twenty-one points against Marshall, and I think the Marshall game, I didn't I didn't see all of it. I saw the highlights, but I've heard that they got outplayed. Like Marshall looked like the better team. It wasn't, you know, you know bad. It wasn't a, a couple bad plays that changed the whole momentum of the game. It was like they were getting outplayed, like at the line of scrimmage.
0: And that's the weird thing is they had a lot of young guys coming back, and their offensive line was relatively solidified from the previous season. And Ohio State again, like they've got carved apart last year in terms of the like run game and the defensive run game. They got dominated week one. They can't do anything on the offensive line week two against Marshall. So that's that's where you win the games, right? And if they, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. I again, I'm I'm okay in my headspace about this Notre Dame football team. But the sad part is, I'm okay in that headspace because my expectations are so much lower. And yeah. that's that's where we're at right now. So. We'll see. They play Cal. They're 10 and a half point favorites. It was like kind of a game that I was thinking about taking of being like, all right, well, they'll bounce back this game and they'll be okay. But spoiler alert, I'm not taking them because <laughs> why would you? There, there's too many question marks.
1: It's unclear if they can score even against the bad teams. That's, it's very difficult to bet in a 10 plus point spread when that's the case.
0: It's very scary. But let's uh let's go let's move on from Notre Dame. Texas AM. Okay. I'll be really brief. They had super high expectations and they had to lose to an app state team. That's seems like a Jimbo Fisher specialty almost of like okay, we're expecting this team to compete for a national championship and they're not there. Like they're not there and
1: I No, absolutely not. And it's I, I draw a lot of parallels from from a betting perspective, Notre Dame and Texas a I feel like it can go one of two ways. One is, you know, the loss happens, and the next week it's, hey, let's bounce back Let, for the rest of the season. Like, let's get it back. Like, we got the monkey off our back. The, the loss, the fear of losing is is gone. Now let's just go out and try and win. That's like one route it can take. The other route it can take is it just the the desire to win, the expectation implodes, and people just don't care anymore. And that and then you see these teams very similar to what Florida did last year just totally implode as the season goes along. And I feel like Notre Dame is more like is more likely to go down option one of hey, come on, let's you know get behind I think they like their coach, get motivated, blah, blah, blah. Tex A and M, I think it's more like they thought that they were gonna win the SEC West. They were six, four, six uh going into the year. They thought that like this was their team, and now it's like take it, take like 10 steps back and go, whoa, we just lost to Appalachian State at home. Every game is losable from here on out. Right? And we don't even think about vying for the SEC West. And I think I you'll see in my bets, but this is something that I think could happen, is that the players start to give up on the coach because they hear rumors of being fired which i think he's very much on the hot seat like they gave him so much money he has all these top recruiting jimbo fisher has all these top recruiting classes and he's not producing results and so i think you start to lose the locker room a little bit and and it could just snowball into a disastrous season very quickly
0: yeah that's a good take on it i it's it's i don't i feel like there's no in between it's one it's one of one of two Whatever way the you know they can can they rally or do they do they quit? I feel like that could be both you know true for both teams, and time will tell. So let's go to Florida, Kentucky. You were spot on in this game. You had Kentucky last week. The overreaction that we had last week was Anthony Richardson was a god. He's the best player you can ever create in a video game, and he's doing it in real life. That turned out not to be the case when he played a competent defense and he looked terrible
1: he was so bad he was so bad it doesn't like and kentucky looked good and it's really funny actually to watch the tennessee chat board after last week or the first week one the tennessee chat board is oh my god we're gonna get crushed by florida after last week it's okay i think we can handle florida but we're gonna get crushed by kentucky and and it was it like we got very we got very aggressive taking the line against Anthony Richardson who looked amazing. But the rest of the team is okay and it, it looks like he still has room to grow. So we'll see. I mean, he's projected as a 12th overall draft pick and that seems very aggressive for a guy who's played in, I don't know, less than 10 total games.
0: Yeah, and I think NFL is very different, right? Like, you, you draft on what they are capable of doing more so than what they are doing. Because if you were to draft based on what they've done in college, like Stetson Bennett would be a high draft pick. But it's all cap- – like, how does it translate to NFL? So I do think he's going to be a high draft pick just because of what he's capable of doing. But I do – like, they're – Florida, they're building. Like, they're still far away. They showed that. It'll be – that's one of those teams, too. Is how, does, how does their season go? They live and die off of Anthony Richardson. So
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I'm actually going home. Tennessee plays Florida next weekend. And I'm going home for that game. It's going to be CBS, primetime, TBD on if game day's there. I think Wake, Wake plays Clemson that weekend, so it, they may try and go to Winston-Salem but it should be a, a wild game.
0: Yeah, I th- it should be. And we'll we'll see kind of what the next week plays out and how that buildup goes into that game. Let's touch up on the last top 25 game. Probably the craziest, maybe most exciting game, Texas Bama was up there as well. That's BYU-Baylor. Nightcap in Provo, home state here. Nobody wanted to win this game. Nobody wanted to win this game.
1: I didn't see it. I didn't stay up for it.
0: This is just a classic like this is college. Like this is college football. College kickers at its finest. So they every kicker but on both teams, they had chances to win the game. I think BYU's kicker missed two field goals, Baylor's kicker missed a field goal uh in overtime and then ultimately BYU wins by six. I think it was 26 to 20. I don't like it's hard to get excited and to like have a reaction to this game. I think what BYU is doing though is probably exactly like what they need to do. Is they've scheduled all these games where they play number nine Baylor, then they go onto onto the road to Oregon and Eugene this next week. Like if they win these games, they're going to slowly bump up in the rankings, and it feels similar to maybe Cincinnati of last year
1: and no conference championship right for them they're independent like Notre Dame
0: they're independent which is why they have to schedule all of these games and i think they've done it like if you're independent you have to play teams and they are they're playing teams i won't say Baylor is like a national brand but you know they're Big 12 or they i guess they lost last year but they're a top 10 team when they played them they play Oregon which is a national you know recognizable team uh, program and It'll be curious to see how that game goes. Let's, I'll transition this into Week 3. That's kind of one of the big games of this Week 3. And BYU goes to Oregon. They're 3.5-point dogs. I don't, I don't know what to think. Like They didn't look impressive against Baylor, but this is a huge game for them because if they win this game, they could easily go and run the table.
1: I well I looked. They play against Notre Dame in Las Vegas, which basically what point, we've been saying. Yeah, right? should be a cake should be a cakewalk. The only other game that they play. Is Utah. They, they play no, they play Arkansas. If I unless I'm looking at No, they have, they play Arkansas.
0: Oh, they don't play Utah this year.
1: They play Utah Tech.
0: <laughs> well, that, they I feel like they play every single year, but yeah.
1: Okay. And they play, and they end the year with Stanford. But that Arkansas game, it feels like if they can beat Oregon, and unclear how good Oregon is. I mean, they just got trounced by Georgia, which I think most teams would week one. If they beat Arkansas, they probably will make the playoff, and I think people would be willing to say that after that game. If they're, un, I mean, if they're undefeated, they're going to make it, no doubt. Their schedule is, you know, right now it looks hard enough. So
0: agreed and i think they've done a good job of scheduling these games to give themselves the best possible chance to make the football playoff
1: i need to watch them play i still haven't seen them play yet but that's going to change this week
0: i yeah i i've watched them play the last two weeks and it's hard to tell it really is' it's, it's hard to tell what is their what
1: is their shtick? what are they is it a quarterback is it a running back is it just all around
0: I, i'm not i don't even know like they're I feel like they're similar to Utah, like they're a tough team to beat. they've got experience, their quarterback is two years now. they run the ball well, they've got a few playmakers but like b y u they've got a lot of unknown players, like unknown recruits that you just don't know like they're more of a system team than player based
1: yeah, it'll but, be interesting they're they're playing uh. They're playing Oregon. It'll be on national television at a good time. I think a lot of people are going to get to see them play and see
0: what what they're all about. thousand percent. Uh, The other game, because like we said, this week is not great. The other game that will be interesting is Miami versus Texas A&M. And we're early enough in the season where kind of the same applies to BYU. I just don't know. Obviously, Texas A&M came off a terrible loss but I feel like I don't know enough about Miami and Texas A&M is talented enough where they probably should win this game. What do you like what are your thoughts on this game?
1: Miami Miami's is supposed to have the best quarterback in the class. This class, right? Is it Taylor Van Dyke?
0: Yep. Yeah. One of and, them, right? Like they you know, you can argue there's there's a yeah, lot of Yeah, yeah, based on how they He's a top 5 quarterback in college football.
1: Based on how they perform my, so I I am gonna take this game. I won't say what I'm gonna do yet, but talent wise, A and M is much better, right? Like they have, we talked about it in the in the first recording or the first episode. They they have top five classes most years. I think they had the number one class last year, and so they're gonna get Miami at home. It's gonna depend on whether they bounce back you know, that what route one or route two, which one they take. And that, I think that will decide the game. But right now they're five and a half point favorites, which I was, I'll, I'll, I'll hint my pick. I was a little surprised by.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that'll be a game to tune into because crystal ball is, he's like proven himself as being a pretty good coach and, this, could, this this is like a season-defining game for Miami. I don't think they... They play in the ACC, so they don't have a... Do they play Clemson this year? They would, uh, right? No, they... They, they d- do.
1: They do. Kay. November 19th, yeah. So,
0: like, this is one of their games that's circled. If they win this game, I mean, football playoff is, is in their, you know, their uh, scopes.
1: But, yeah, I... It'll be... And it could be easier than pe- than they initially, I think they do think it is easier than they initially thought. And I agree with you, having Cristobal there, I think is a big advantage over previous Manny Diaz or Mark Rick coached Miami teams. I think he's a much, much more sound coach.
0: Agreed. Um, yeah, so is that, that's, I feel like that's, uh, there's not much for week three. I feel like those are the two games to tune into. Do we want to kind of recap where we stand and go into our week three picks
1: i would love to recap the standing.
0: okay well before we do that um i we've i've we've never done this before it's a little unprofessional podcasting i'm taking a two-minute break to go to go get a beer from the fridge because it's going to need a beer to kind of recap where i'm (laughs) at for this year so and you're laughing but i'm not i'm actually not joking (laughs)
1: Everything you touch dies. Trust me, I know. Yeah, so
0: I'll, you know, we'll we'll be back. This this little break will be edited from our fantastic producers. But uh, yeah, stay tuned here.
1: Do you want me to just keep recording and just let it run?
0: Yeah, just let it run. I'm gonna go crack okay. a beer really quick. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I got. Uh, I think this is
1: actually very helpful for. Listeners, and it's an interesting spot to be. A, a very good learning opportunity for us when you're so cold that you just you can't see any any light at the end of the tunnel and you feel like every way is the wrong way. What so I guess to to give context for that, Beasler is uh his win percentage is twenty percent right now and he's at minus three units on is it four total
0: bets? five bets Um, five bets
1: that's right you're one one, in four one in four and so it's just it's we all we all know we're going to get into these situations and it's how how do we respond and so i'm very curious to hear your plan going forward is it just bet the teams you know is it just be a monkey and make it random what what's what's your what's your logic here
0: There's not a ton of logic, to be honest with you. I'm still throwing (laughs) darts at a dartboard. But I will say it's got to change. So I'm increasing the units. Oh, I love that. I'm increasing the game size. I'm going from 2 to 3. I'm increasing the units. This could be bad. It could be good. No, no, no. And we're, we're changing we're changing the aura. We're it's good vibes. Like I'm going into these games, I'm going to go 3 now. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be I'm only going to be 50% after this week. But I'm going to be positive in units after this week. And Before the at, show, you
1: know? I was asking Beezler if if I should go into hibernation mode where I bet one unit on one game for the rest of the year and write ride it out to victory because I feel like we've it's already. I mean, it could flip, right? If I go one but it's, three, it's going to flip. I mean, I hope it doesn't. Honestly, I I hope we're both in the positive unit territory. I don't want us to be, you know, battling it out around zero or in the negatives. But if I must win that way, I will.
0: <laughs> we, if I lose and we're both like plus, let's say over seven units even.
1: What's a good? What's a good? This is a good question. What's a good place to end the year? So if we do. Was it, three three bets, th- call it three bets a week for 14 weeks? That's I mean, 52 bets, honestly, assuming they're all one unit.
0: Anything above five units is, is a win.
1: I think so, right? Well, that's what I, they would let's, say. Let's not It's kid like ourselves. 55%. Let's something.
0: not kid ourselves. Anything above zero is a win.
1: I completely agree with that. Like,
0: but <laughs> if we're both above five units and I lose and we're both above five, that, that's fine.
1: Okay, here's a question. If if like one of us and I'm I think it's gonna be me, if one of us starts doing really well, let's say I'm up ten units at some point and I'm like, hey, I think I'm gonna change my unit size because my bankroll has, you know, doubled or whatever, does that that for the purpose of the show it'll just be one unit. If even if I double the
0: unit size
1: because I'm doing well, correct?
0: I I don't think so.
1: Okay, so it would just it would be turn into two units.
0: I think that we've been pretty transparent with our bets and like okay. what we've been logging in. I think I think the only way it'll I like that actually. If, You're right. Is if somebody goes so negative where it's like They have to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, we're like you, hey for TK the show out. I'm gonna put in <laughs> these bets, but like I I'm not I don't know if I'm actually gonna I'm gonna wave the white flag, and I'm not sure. I think the only way to get back is if you just do one units until you get to a certain point, and then it's like game on again. If that makes sense.
1: Okay, that's a good question though, because in that situation, I feel like there should be a floor. If what is you go 10 down, units? yeah, if you go negative ten units, it's an automatic loss for on the unit side. Your percentage might still be in play, unless if if the other person is. Ah, no, you know what? There's no. It's we'll, too we'll, well,
0: we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it if we get to that point because right now it's anybody's ball game still. Like five, oh yeah, 100%. at five units could be a weekend. Hundred percent could be a weekend. So let me let me kick it off, okay? <laughs> okay. Let me kick it off because I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm gonna start out with my one unit pick. Okay. I've oh. got. I'm taking Michigan State plus three and a half at Washington i ran the numbers the model is pointing me towards michigan state i i'm not reading into the rankings right this could be a trap game of like look at the rankings why is number 11 an underdog by more than a field goal i'm not i'm not doing that i'm sticking i the quarterback is a transfer for washington he's lit he's lit it up he's the transfer from indiana pennix jr or whatever I think Michigan State's seen them. I think they're a better team. I'll take the points. I know it's on the road. It's It actually is probably a tough environment, but I like the points. I like a well-coached team. I'll take Michigan State plus three and a half.
1: Do you know anything about Washington? I have no idea.
0: They played Kent State, I believe. Oh, they 2 and one. On. They played Kent State, Kentucky uh, State, remember? Portland State. Yeah, Kentucky, they played yeah. Kentucky State. <laughs> Kent State from Ohio, as I said last year, Kentucky State, and they like had to scramble at the end, of, like end of the game, to cover that game. And they played Portland State, so they don't have much about them. I just, I really like Mel Tucker in Michigan State, and from what I read, they're returning three out of four of their defensive backs. So I just, I think they keep it close. I think a field goal is, you know, if they lose by a field goal, I'll take the points and I'll win the game.
1: I think, yeah, I think this is one where you could easily see Michigan State winning, and therefore why not just take the points and see what happens.
0: Um, yeah, I get the buffer of a field goal, so I'll take, I'll take it.
1: Okay. You want me to give mine? Of course. So my first one is a one-unit bet, and we already talked about it. It's the Miami at Texas A&M game. And I just t- truly believe that there is turmoil in that Texas A&M program, and I feel like Jimbo Fisher is. People are hearing he's going to get fired potentially if if the season continues. People are like, "Oh, you can't even." He's been there five years. You can't give him any more leash. He has the be, like all the best players. And even if he didn't, what are you doing to losing to Appalachian State at home? Like this is unforgivable. The question is like, I don't I don't know what his buyout is. I'm sure it's massive though. But you get Miami with a, a – this is a quarterback-on-quarterback quarterback thing. Miami with the better quarterback, with a little bit of momentum, new head coach, a lot of excitement around the program, and you get five-and-a-half points. I don't know if Texas A&M can score points. Like, it. It they really can't. Maybe their defense is okay. We haven't really seen them run into an offense. I think this is a no-brainer. You take Miami plus five-and-a-half.
0: Yeah, and we talked about kind of both of these teams a little bit, so we don't need to dig too deep into it. We'll see how it goes. Five and a half is a lot. It, that's one of those games that's just like... You, you You cross your fingers and you pray that Texas A&M doesn't show up. It's the same Texas A&M team as last week.
1: Yep. I totally, totally agree.
0: All right. So my next pick... Do you have a... What is your next You Is your next pick one or two units?
1: It's one as well. You go ahead. Okay. I am going to take... Or the game is... Uh, Mississippi State at LSU, and I bet Mississippi State last week and it worked out really well. I got to see them play. They're a very fast team like they they looked very good, but going into Baton Rouge, like SEC home dogs, like you should always take them, especially if it's close, right? This LSU team people are still you know think about the Florida State game. Last week, I was a little bit worried that they weren't going to be able to, they weren't going to emotionally bounce back, but they did. They they were up like thirty five nothing in the first seven minutes. They clearly wanted. They were clearly making a point. Right, Sean Butte played. Their other receivers. I think their other receivers played. The quarterback gets a little bit more. The transfer quarterback from um, I can't remember where gets a, gets another rep with the team. I just I don't know how you can go into Baton Rouge, and and put Mississippi State as a two-point favorite, I, I should probably do this as a money line bet, but I'm going LSU plus two.
0: I like it. I, I agree with you. I think I like Brian Kelly, even though he's awkward and he's kind of a loser. He's proven he's a good coach, though. I think he's got the most wins in college football, like active wins right now. Which is kind is of crazy. Right? I'm pretty sure it's right over Sabin. Can you fact check that really quick? Yeah, we'll get yeah. our
1: analytics team on it while yeah, you're talking. Yeah, fact
0: check that. But I, I do think it's a matter of time before LSU like starts to kind of figure it out, get it rolling. That was a game. I just where I'm at right now, I just couldn't do it because I, I'm not, I'm not confident right now. But you've been seeing the board clearly. When you're seeing the board clearly, that's a bet that you you just throw out. And I agree with you. You take the home dog. You, Baton Rouge is a tough place to play. People are worried about Week One at Florida State. Throw that aside. I think Brian Kelly gets the boys going, and and they'll be okay.
1: Okay, I don't. <laughs> our analytics team is ready to report. I don't even think he's close. So he as of this is a 2001 article, but he had hundred and thirty four.
0: I'm talking about active wins. Yeah,
1: he had 134 wins. Mike Gundy has 137. Dabo 140. Leach 143. Uh, the Iowa guy 168. Uh, Mac Brown 253. Saban 256. He's, he's it's not even close. So.
0: Okay. I I. Thought That's why we have an analytics department. I thought I had saw a tweet come up that said he was number one. So, that's maybe it's percentage, maybe. No, dude, I don't know because he won a lot with Notre Dame. But yeah, okay, well, well I'll I'll take your word for it. Where are you getting that's that from? It's
1: that was uh, CBS or Twenty Four Seven Sports.
0: Okay. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I my. Mean, that that wasn't my knowledge. It was. It definitely wasn't my knowledge. It was somebody else. Okay. It was, a, it was a tweet that I saw. So. That's you know that's why we have an analytics team that we paid a big bucks for. That's right. So. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I like the pick. I'm. I'll give my next pick. And my third pick, I'm running into another conundrum that I did last week, which I should have taken USC. I talked about it all all week and all episode and I, sh- I should have pulled the trigger I did it I'm running into that for my third pick here but I'll give my second pick this is gonna be a two-unit bet oh and I'm curious on your opinion on it because you're the SEC high okay and since it's an SEC game do you have any do you, do you have a guess of what this game might be yep what is it
1: the Penn State Auburn game
0: no, it's not. You, 0 for 2. We did this last week and you lost. But Wow.
1: So who is. Oh, the Georgia South Carolina game?
0: Over for 3. I'll just give what? my pick now. So you're close. Near. I mean, who would nope. it be? It's going to be Ole Miss at Georgia Tech.
1: Oh, I have mine, no idea. I haven't seen.
0: Minus 16 and a half. And it's a lot of points. But I just think Georgia Tech is really stinky. And I think Ole Miss with Sabin, they're capable of putting up points. They're still playing mind games. They've played two quarterbacks so far. I know the old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I'm not scared about that. I trust – or what did I say, Saban? I said Sabin. Kiffin. 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 I'm not I, – I trust Kiffin. I think he – There's going to be points in abundance here. I like the points here. The model says, trust the Rebels, minus 16 and a (laughs) half for two units.
1: That's what our model does. We input all the numbers and it just flashes, trust the Rebels.
0: Yeah, trust the Rebels. So, what are your thoughts on that? Two units. You said honestly, I haven't.
1: Yeah, I just saw Georgia Tech play against Clemson week one, and it's, it's tough to glean a lot from that. I thought. They looked okay on offense, and it's tough to know how they were on defense because Clemson's so bad offensively. I don't know a lot about Ole Miss. I think they – I think Kiffin's thing has been the transfer portal, and so he's bringing a lot of guys. I think they have this guy, Zach Evans, who was at TCU. He was like a five-star running back. He's supposed to be sweet.
0: Jackson Dart is one of their quarterbacks.
1: Where where did he come from? I have no idea. He's
0: from Utah, but he came from USC. But look, like
1: I put – I honestly put Kiffin and Josh Heupel in very similar buckets. Like, they create these systems that it's kind of plug and play, and it's easy to be successful. And so Ole Miss could be picking up where they – not where they left off last year, but could easily pick up and have a good team and have a good offense. So, I mean, 16 points, it's not not a little bit. You know, it's a decent number, but –
0: Started out at 40 – or, excuse me, 40 – 14 and a half – and I should have jumped oh, wow. on it. Should have jumped on it a little bit earlier. But I like the fact that I had it before the seventeen mark.
1: Yeah, no and the doubt.
0: model. The no model doubt. says to take it.
1: The model. The model flashed it.
0: Yeah, and I'm trusting okay. the model this week because the model had USC last weekend. I didn't trust the model. One of the games that the model also had that I didn't even talk about was Toledo. That was a big game. I told you that I was like, I need to get on this game. I didn't get on it. They absolutely destroyed UMass. So we're going to the model this week.
1: I don't mind it. Um okay, my two unit bet this week, it's a it's an unusual one, and we need to there's some nuance here that we need to discuss, but it's a teaser. It's a three team Fair teaser. Play. Okay, but the payout is three units. Okay. Ish, it's like very close. It's like three point two, but we'll call it three. The teaser, and the reason I started doing a teaser is because when I ran through the lines, like nothing flashed to me. This this was the first thing I did when I placed my bets. Then I did the the two I mentioned previously after.
0: Well, let's give a quick so the, rundown of what the teaser means again.
1: Yeah, so mine is a six and a half point teaser, which means I get to take six points and and use them. Uh, for the team that I want. For example. One of my bets. Is the Georgia South Carolina game. And the line. is Was 24 and a half. But I get to take. Six points. And put, put them. Towards a team of my choosing. I chose to put them towards Georgia. So I get to take the line of 24 and a half. Down to 18. So Georgia has to win by 18. And I get to do that for my other two games as well. But they all have to hit. I have to win them all to win the the teaser bet. So that's so that's what a teaser is. The Georgia South Carolina game. I think I have two teams right now that I'm just going to ride when they play like legitimate opponents. One the good the good side is Arkansas. The bad side is South Carolina. I think Spencer Rattler is the biggest fraud and I think their coach is so bad and such a goofball and they are about to get wrecked. Not only that, but Georgia has a history of going into South Carolina and laying an egg, and so I think they will be amped up for this game. So I have four, Georgia minus 18. I don't even know if I don't even know if South Carolina scores a touchdown. I'm not even worried about the backdoor cover. Then the next the next yeah, cuz they care. They that is like one of the few teams that cares about giving up points even when it's a second string. The second game is what I thought you were going to bet. It's the Auburn uh, game, so it was three. I pushed them up to plus nine and a half. And I just... SEC team at home against a Big Ten team, I think this will probably be low scoring. I don't think either team is going to just blow the doors off. So give me all the points, especially when I think Auburn at home could win. The third piece of the... The third piece is... The BYU Oregon game, and I'm a little bit more scared here. But I took BYU. There's only
0: one way you can go though on this one. It's, yeah, you're not yeah, going to tease be, across zero. You're not going to go across zero.
1: Yeah, so that's like a thing. Like you never are supposed to tease across zero because in this situation BYU was plus three and a half, which I don't understand how that's possible. Like I maybe I'm missing something. I looked no injury. BYU is plus three and a half at Oregon. If you were to tease Oregon, you would get Oregon at plus, minus, or plus two and a half. It's like, if they're going to win, they're probably going to win no matter what. Or if they lose, they're going to lose. You don't want to be, you know, you're not really gaining anything by going from my, or plus a half to zero to minus a half, right? It, it doesn't help you that much because there's no ties. So I teased BYU up. I just... I, I, this is a bet that I don't know much about but the line immediately flashed like what is going on Oregon with uh, Bo Nix like unclear how good he is all we have the only data point we have is Georgia and he couldn't do anything and Georgia's not, you know the best defense yeah they're not BYU the last year. yeah no doubt but you know Oregon new coach new quarterback I don't I don't rate Bo Nix highly BYU has a lot to lose. They're thinking, they're thinking national championship at this point. Um, so I, getting ten points feels like a no brainer. But we've been burned. I've been burned by this thought process before. So that's my two unit bet. It's a big teaser.
0: No, I like all of those games. I. The only thing I I like BYU too. I was contemplating them throughout this week, and the only thing I would maybe be in at nine and a half. I love them. Right. I I love BYU's that. ten yeah, ten, I because six and a half yeah excuse me yeah I I like them a lot at that number. The only thing I would maybe like be they had some injuries going into the Baylor game. I think the guys mm-hmm. played. That was a slugfest. fest. Yeah. So, so the only thing I would be maybe concerned about is like, are these guys carrying injuries going into Baylor that they're downplaying? Sure. But. Ten points is a lot. Like I, I, I just don't see it happening.
1: My biggest concern of the teaser is honestly Auburn because they haven't played anybody. Yeah, and I'm not sure they they played San Jose State last week and beat them by eight. And I, if they don't have an offense, I think Penn State could score 25 points, and it's possible Auburn scores 10, and that's you know obviously a bad situation. But just give me the se like. Give me the SEC teams that are dogs at home. I just, I love that, especially at the beginning of the season.
0: I like the reasoning. All right, so we're on to my last pick. And mm-hmm.
1: you went 1 2 1, by the way. Why'd you, what, what's what's so special about this last pick?
0: I've, the last pick was also going to be two units.
1: Oh, you're going two. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's coming back. Okay.
0: Yeah. But I need, so I I literally had it, I have everything written down, and I went to go double check the lines because I haven't made anything official yet. And I'm looking at the line here. My game is Kansas at Houston. And
1: I'm going to have to open up my ESPN scoreboard to outside the top 20, or is Houston top 25?
0: Houston's top twenty-five. Oh, they just lost, so they're just out. Okay. So this game opened up the ga- the pick, uh, and this is going into the same thing I ran into last week. However, I'm going to write this one in, but I might retract it because I need I need to send a few texts out to my Kansas fans that are you know diehard Kansas fans. I just need to get a few more, a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the over on this game it's 56 whoa. and a half it's two two okay. unit bet but this is put an asterisk next to it because I don't okay. like I might retract it this game and I I liked it it opened up at 62 and a half
1: whoa why I, did it go down
0: that's what I don't know because I liked it at 62 and a half and now it's gone down six points so I don't know why I don't I haven't looked up to see if there's any injuries or anything like that so I need to figure out if there's any injuries. I think that's fair. Fair. Because I, I just oh. I mean six points is a lot of points.
1: I mean, I feel like you should have learned your lesson from last week, though.
0: And just to take it. Yeah. But it, the difference was last week there were like no there's no injuries. This week, like sure. there's a starting quarterback out, I, I need to know that. Sure. So tentatively i'm going to go with 56 and a half kansas is not the kansas that we know of they had a great overtime win against west virginia their coaches he's like a text that one of my friends mike harrison told me he's like this is a culture guy this is a this is a bill snyder because i'm a kansas state fan this is a bill snyder guy like he's going to build a culture the guys are going to play for this guy and they're a much better team than what we know of Kansas, right? Because Kansas is like, why would you ever bet Kansas? These guys are the worst team in college football. That being said, I think they're good enough. Houston has a solid program. They're typically a relatively high scoring. I I like the over. I liked it at sixty two and a half. I obviously love it at fifty six and a half. However, I just don't know if there's I just don't know if there's injuries at this point. So, as of right I mean, now, I'm I'm I've got it locked in, but this could be a retractable game. And again, we'll we'll tweet it out. I'll text Luke to make sure that there's no you know funny business going on in this and that. I'm not you know I don't he'll he'll know he'll know.
1: Oh yeah, I'll know. But the t- Kansas scored I think 55 and 56 points in their first two games. Houston scored 37 30. It feels like a high-scoring game, but it's not showing that for some reason. So
0: that's and that's why I need to figure out like what just why, why has it gone down six points? I don't know. And I might have one more, but I'm 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 calculating <laughs> all, this it as, is, like this, as this we're doing. Feels this, like
1: tilt a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. This is all this is all good news.
1: Two or one.
0: This would be a one. Okay. Um. This would be a one. Uh, this isn't right. This this isn't right. This is good podcasting though. This I agree. Um, how do I? Keep what
1: do you? That? What game are you looking at?
0: So I want to find the. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm, gonna, I'm. trying to tease all of these games. Every game oh, that I just said them all. And. I'm I'm trying to calculate the odds for the. You're gonna tease
1: the over under. Oh yeah. Oh god.
0: And I would tease it down to 50. Six and a half. So then I would get Ole Miss, ten. Kansas Houston fifty, Michigan State ten. And wow, that,
1: this it, this week could have the potential to like real. If if you went undefeated, what is that? That's got to be a one and a third probably. I think that's or one and a half units. Win if you were to win that because mine's bet two win three yours has got to be bet one win one and a half.
0: So mine would be plus one seventy five.
1: Yeah, so we'll call it two.
0: So that's we'll put an asterisk next to that as well. But all
1: right, when are we gonna lock these in?
0: I am gonna send a text right after we finish recording to figure out what's going on, and then I'm gonna lock (laughs) these in.
1: So this is, I mean, you you have five. Potentially six. Sorry, you have potentially a seven-unit week if you were to go undefeated, and if I went totally defeated, I have a negative four. So I'd go to minus two, and you'd go to four. So you could be up six.
0: Yeah, that's why it can all change. And that's or, why i got good vibes.
1: Or, or the or if the trend line holds, this could be a runaway in week three. It's
0: not gonna. It's not gonna hold. I feel really good about all of these. So
1: to our yeah. credit. I guess we have a nice diverse set of picks. Like I have three, fa- four favorites. One, sorry, four underdogs. One favorite. You have a favorite, an underdog, and an over. I love it. It's not bad. Yeah, it, it's it's it smells smart.
0: I, I love it. I just, right. mm-hmm. me, I'm getting good tingles here.
1: Dude, I hope we both get to. Po- I hope we both stay in positive territory. That, if that's we all win spells.
0: our games, that's awesome. Because I still gain ground on you.
1: That's true, that's true. I hope you I hope I hope you we win all win. Of them. that's that's fine if I we're both we in the
0: positive, too. that's such a win,
1: yeah, I would take it
0: all right well I so i'll I'll figure that out soon. I'll let Luke know, and then the podcast should be released you know hopefully by Thursday as usual, and the Twitter account will be confirming my picks
1: good episode, sir,
0: yep, so one more little update to the pod. There's no snake draft. I know everybody likes that. We didn't quite get the interaction that we wanted last week and that's pretty standard at this point. We we didn't upload it to Instagram. I, you know, producer's fault, I guess. But it, something that we want to try to instill this year is releasing one separate episode with just the snake draft and we're going to try to have one to two guests every episode. the snake drafts and it's solely going to be focused on the snake draft so you can tune in for your football you know football analysis our picks with strictly the football episode and then we're also going to have a separate episode of the snake draft and we hope to have that our first ever snake draft sole standing snake draft episode hopefully by next week so that's kind of the like big, a that's like the big season two update we've got. So, other than that, though, that's all we got for you. I appreciate everybody again, the handful of listeners that tuned in. As always, we appreciate you guys listening, and good luck this weekend. And let's root for some good football and go Chiefs. And hopefully Notre Dame turns it around.
1: Let's get positive.
0: Let's get positive. Positive vibes only. All right. See you guys.